When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Poor Charles 411. I am so scared. Stop. I really am. It's okay. We're talking about the ice princess and no matter what we say, it has to be better than the write-ups that are out there. So that's true. We've already improved it. So the write-ups, and I think this is probably possibly why we haven't really done it, but it's also not really seemed relevant. Right to do general hospital fandom and our newly discovered scorpio files mm-hmm. both pretty much say about the same thing and then we realized remember that book that we always talk that about we both own and never reference enough yeah it has an amazing write-up yes so we are so 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 excited to be talking about the ice princess and we youtubed it was fun to watch oh some 81 videos YouTube, the best it, it was the best youtube playlist that we've had mm-hmm. did you watch mm-hmm. the four yes okay so we will put it in the show notes so that you can go watch and it's i want to go find so it's on the house of cassadine's youtube channel mm-hmm. i i want to know if that person or people are the ones who edited it all together because they deserve an award yes it's like watching a movie. It, it's a Netflix docu-series. Docu-series from Netflix. There's yes. four parts. Each part is about two hours. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved it. It was very good. Okay. How did you grow up hearing about the Ice Princess? Like, was there any ever, like, did you ever hear anything about it growing no, up? No, no, because obviously this was like 81 that the Ice Princess came out. And so I wasn't aware of it even though it was in the household until i was like seven or so it wasn't part of the storyline there i remember being confused when the ice princess was part of the controlling lucky stuff Mm -hmm. like where 
I got that it was, they referenced enough. We'll get to that later. So right now we're going to talk about the 1981. Right. But then we are going to. But I remember when it happened that she was using it as part of the brainwashing Lucky. And they kind of explained it like, oh, no, Helena's mm-hmm. doing this again. It was like, oh, again. Okay. But it wasn't even somewhere. Helena the first time. Right. Okay. Right. But yeah, point was Cassidines. How about that? The yes. Cassidines yes. are added again. That is a more accurate statement. And so then I was, okay. But no, in the 80s. So the only thing I remember hearing was somebody in my family complaining about it. Oh, I know. And then I'm watching it. Like, why were we complaining about this? It's an amazing story. It's, it's so, yes, it's fantastical. And you're like, really? Well, there was people on the internet commenting. It was one of those stories that had a beginning, a middle and an end and led into the next. Exactly. Apparently not an end since we keep bringing it back over and over again, but But it had a full time. Yeah. So we actually posted on social media, you know, we're doing the Ice Princess drop below, like your thoughts and to speak about what you're talking about. Todd Baker on Instagram, the good old days. Why can't these writers study up on the days and strive to recreate them? Every story had a true beginning, middle and ending climax when the main story ended and clues to the next were immediately laid. And that's kind of how, so we're starting here, but then we're going to be going on the Mexican adventure. And right. then that, cause originally that started with us just wanting to talk about the Aztec princess. And mm-hmm. then we're like, shoot, we think we actually have to talk about this first. No, it started with us wanting to talk about the Asian quarter, but right. then we found out that we had to talk about the Aztec princess. Then we found out that we actually had to talk about also the Mexican adventure. <laughs> it's so, I a mean, big they rabbit all, hole, but they really do. And I mean, do these stories even have names now? No, no. Just the ones that we all make up. But exactly. Right. But it's not like Mm-mm. the way that it had been done. And we're not going to read all of them now, but that was just to your point. Okay. I had to nerd out and you're going to totally oh, understand geez. why I did this though. No, it's totally going to make sense. So when I was on Carly Q Girls uh-huh. GH write-ups, because she has like an entire... Scorpion L- boys? No, Luke and Laura. Oh, like Luke and Laura, Luke and Laura edits. The very first episode with a date... Okay. Regarding the Ice Princess was DVD number 6C. 6C. Okay. And the date was December 9th, 1980. Oh, okay. The Ice Princess is mentioned for the first time at the end of the DVD number 6B outline. Like, literally, it was like one of the last four sentences. Okay. It's reasonable to believe because December 9th was a Tuesday. And the reason that I know it's a Tuesday is because December 8th was a Monday. And it was the day that John Lennon was killed because it's the first time that Monday Night Football was ever interrupted. Was for the announcement of his death. So it is reasonable to believe that the Ice Princess start was the last new General Hospital storyline while John Lennon was alive. Wow. (laughs) I'm so sorry that I'm not impressed with that the way you'd like me to be, but mm-hmm. but it would have been the last episode of. But think of the mind blowing. Like this was possibly the last episode of General Hospital released was the start of the Ice Princess, while one of the greatest songwriters and like influences in music okay. was alive because he died later that night. I understand. That blows my mind. I'm sorry. You are such an orc. Well, when I saw December 9th, 1980, I was like, 
Yeah, I'm looking at you uh, as you're talking, going, how do you know the yeah. day of the week from 1980? Because I don't. Yeah. And that's it, folks. <laughs> There's the recap. That's We're all done. we have to say. That's <laughs> that's it. But no. So are you ready to get started? I'm ready. I have the right. official book. So we are going to read from the complete scrapbook. Yes. General Hospital, the complete scrapbook by Gary Warner. What you doing, Gary? We need a update. Yes. Where is the new one? I don't know. We need to find his contact info and be like, yo, we'll help you. It just needs yes. to put together. Come on. Write your, he can write the forward to our, we just, okay. So first of all, ABC, we just need all the stories to sit and watch and write. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll just have no lights. No. no, other than general hospital. That works for me. All right. I was really shocked. We're going to start talking about Alexandria Quartermain. I was really shocked by how much she looked like Sky. Yes. Every time she came on and she was, blah, 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 I was like, you are Sky. No, you're not Sky, but you are Sky. I really, so I feel like, because I had never watched anything with her in it. Mm -hmm. So I guess from all of the stories that we've read, I had a vision in my head of one thing. Okay. And she's not what. No. I kind of always pictured her as annoying, like, why is she even here? And at the time, that could have really been the perception, you know? Right. I kind of liked her. No, she wasn't annoying. She was just, she wanted done what she wanted done. And there's nothing wrong with that. Except for the fact that she's a female, as we will discover, was a major issue. Yeah. So the arrival of the shrewd and glamorous Alexandria Quartermain was met by enthusiasm from her uncle Edward and wariness from Monica, which we all know Monica is a very good judge of character unless it's men that she's hooking up with. So we should have listened to her. Oh, geez. <laughs> Edward exhilarated. Do you have an opinion about that? <laughs> nope. <laughs> hey, I'm not judging. I don't have very good taste when it comes to that either. I'm just saying Monica's a good person, a good judge of character for most people. So Edward, exhilarated by his niece's presence, decided to come out of retirement and go into business with her on a secret project. Within days of her arrival, Alexandria hired Luke to do some investigative work. His mission, to locate Alex's competitors, the Cassidines, who were thought to be living in Port Charles under assumed names. And this was like their introduction, wasn't it? Right. And I did not realize, like, okay, I know it's the same timeline of Laura was involved with the Cassidines and that's how we have Nicholas and whatever. But I didn't realize that they started mm -hmm. right then too. I thought they were like an older family that just right. kept re-popping up every couple years or whatever. Yep. Um, doo -doo -doo. Under assumed names, Alexandra assured Luke that the job was strictly legitimate, but he remained wary of both on a professional level. While he was prepared to accept her money, Luke was not willing to give in to Alex's sexual overtures. He could smell, see, and feel that the sex-crazed Alex had more on her mind than just international commerce. And Laura, aware of every one of Alexandria's blatant moves, grew more jealous by the day. Look at Luke being good. Didn't want to get into shady business. I know. And wanted to be faithful to his woman. Luke's suspicion about the nature of his supposedly safe, in air quotes, job with the Quartermains were confirmed when he entered his ransacked apartment and came face to face with a man who held him at gunpoint. I've been waiting for you. Close the door. No sudden moves or I'll blow your head off, the man threatened. Luke could see that his uninvited house guest was no ordinary waterfront thug. He was a suave, cool, and spoke his spoke his quietly menacing words in a smooth Australian mm. accent. 
Now I want information about the Ice Princess, he demanded. Luke, baffled by his questions, tried to disarm the Australian with a karate kick, but wound up unconscious himself when an accomplice emerged from the bathroom and knocked him out. Luke awakened and in a fury headed straight for Alex's office at ELQ International to resign, only to find Laura working there as a receptionist. That was so cute. When she was Edward's receptionist. And she's answering the phone and he keeps talking to her and she's like, I'm supposed to be working mm -hmm. and I can't let you in there. And he's, I have to go in there. There's something I have to say. And they went back and forth. It was so cute. Um, he quit, but not before he described his attacker to Edward and Alex, who were now aware that the Cassidines were not their only competitors. In time, Luke discovered that his Australian attacker was none other than Robert Scorpio, <gasps> an, an international financier and well-known Bon Vivant. I didn't know that Robert was known as like an international financier. That's I didn't. Jax. I thought right. he was always... Oh, they're kind of similar in their... But I always thought that he was definitely, like... Spy guy. Some, <laughs> something to do with the law. Spy guy. So, what did Scorpio want? Whose side was he on? In search of answers, Luke decided to pay an unannounced visit to the dashing Australian. Scorpio entered his penthouse and found himself face-to-face -face with Luke, who held him at gunpoint. And we talked about this before. It keeps saying Scorpio, but then eventually we needed to know the difference between which Scorpio brother we were talking about. Yep. Scorpio evaded Luke's questions about the Ice Princess and made the mistake of going for the gun, giving Luke the opening he had been waiting for. This time, Luke conked him on the head and left Scorpio unconscious. A strange friendship had just been born. <laughs> this is the beginning of Luke and Robert. There's so many things. <laughs> Luke wasn't the only Port Charles resident, resident to become acquainted with Robert Scorpio. Laura used her own friendship with the charming Aussie to pique Luke's jealousy. Luke was astonished to see the woman he loved dining with Scorpio at Port Charles' elegant Versailles room. Um, hi. Can we get that back? Yeah. Remember when the floating rib was fancy? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm Interrupting their evening, Luke made a nuance of himself in... With his crass and crude comments, this was exactly the reaction Laura wanted, and she continued to allow Scorpio to squire her around town. Can you picture Laura and Robert? That would be I so never, good. But I never knew this. You couldn't see them being a couple when they were on the island together? No. Oh, I thought they were cute. No, but she was all smushy all over Luke. She was smushy all over Luke, but there was... I feel like there still could have been chemistry. But... I don't know. I guess just knowing them now, like knowing them, how I was introduced to them no, and everything. See, I was trying to start clean slate. They were new characters to me is how I was trying to view them. She was, they were all so young. Yes. I was picturing our, our kids like watching it back then. Oh my goodness. I would understand yeah. how they got hooked on it then. Yeah. Laura surprised Luke with a show of independence when he tried to persuade her to quit her job as receptionist for ELQ. I won't allow you to scare me off. Besides, I need this job, countered Laura. Luke and Laura desperately needed to be clear, desperately needed to clear the air and decided to make peace by braving the stares of their friends and family at the floating rib. Laura confessed to Luke that she lied about the rape and admitted that she had loved him on the fateful night at the disco. No. No. <laughs> that also was later changed back to she was. Right. You can be raped he by owned someone up that to you it. know. Yeah. And you can be raped about. by someone who you're married to. Yes. It's so. Mm hmm. All right. We're reading what was written. 
Exactly. So we can re-edit this book and we can create the next one. They, they took, we, there's no way we can do better than when Luke told Lucky that yes. about that night. Exactly. They did it. Mm-hmm. They didn't erase the history. He was like, nope, I should have gone to jail. I was immature to admit it even to myself, she confessed. Sorry, I'm just going to throw that in there. <laughs> the depths of Laura's confession proved too painful for Luke to respond. He needed time to decide whether to start their stormy romance all over again. It's not romance. No. Learning from Scorpio that the Ice Princess was a statuette, Luke forced Alex and Edward to level with him. He agreed to help them find the missing statuette for a price. But Scorpio wanted it too, and he offered Luke $50,000, which is probably a heck of a lot more money now. Yes. Oh, that's it? How much? $50,000 in 1981 is equivalent to the purchasing power of $154,646.86. Oh, wow. That's it? <laughs> okay. I don't see Luke doing a job for that cheap nowadays. So Robert offered him the 50 grand to find the statuette and actually a, find the statuette, actually a huge uncut diamond, which Alex had painted black, mounted on a pedestal and shipped from Rio de Janeiro to Port Charles. I'm so glad that they told us that she painted it black because every time that I saw it, I wanted to know why it was so ugly. Right. I love diamonds. They're talking about this huge diamond. We all know. They're going to pull it out. Maybe there's someone out there. Already go on. I love diamonds. <laughs> so they pull it out. I'm expecting this like beautiful, like hope diamond. And instead it's this black rock. It looks Very like disappointing. Cold. It does. Looks like someone was bad at Christmas. But when she went to the docks to claim the crate, Alex was horrified to discover that it had been stolen. Now everyone was after the prize. Luke, Scorpio, Alex, and Tony Castle, who lived on a huge yacht and dated Leslie Weber. Unbeknownst to the people of Fort Charles, the urbane and sophisticated Tony Castle was in reality Tony Cassadine, one of the notorious brothers who wanted to get their greedy hands on the Ice Princess. Tony Castle and Robert Scorpio were, were partners but Scorpio's phone conversation indicated another secret alliance. Who was he talking to? Dun, dun, dun. With the help of his cabbie friends, Luke encountered a blonde bimbo by the... That's not nice. A There's a lot of things that are... <laughs> a blonde, it's a ditzy in one of the other write-ups. Okay. And I felt like that is nicer than bimbo. I had never seen in the other write-ups, Alexandria was only referred to as glamorous, not shrewd. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... so. Yes. By a, bim a bimbo by the name of Emma Lutz, who could be the missing link in the dock thefts. Emma's husband, Charlie, was a cab driver with too much money. What? With too much money earned. Mm hmm. He drives a lot. That's not the impression that he gave me, though. Did you see them? Mm hmm. They didn't seem like they had money. Mm hmm. I don't like that. Warren this. Buffett lives in the same exact house that he bought for 30 grand decades ago. Okay, well, I just they showed and the apartment. He's, he's kind of got some money, maybe just a little. Just they a showed the apartment, and she wouldn't let Lila and Alex in because her husband was being a jerk, and because it wasn't like tidied up enough, and she didn't look glamorous enough. So to me, they don't have that much money. But okay, Emma's husband Charlie was a cab driver with too much money earned. Luke thought by pilfering shipments from the Port Charles docks. Okay, I'm reading that sentence wrong, and then that makes more sense. Emma's husband, Charlie, was a cab driver with too much money, earned, Luke thought, by pilfering shipments from the Port Charles docks. Emma did indeed have the Ice Princess in her possession at one time, but hoping to join high society, she gave the ugly black statuette to Lila Quartermain. I'm glad we can agree it was ugly. Who was 
sponsoring an art auction to benefit General Hospital. Luke, Robert, Alex, Edward, and Tony all plan to steal the statuette on the night of the auction. So Luke, desperate to get his stake, felt that the Ice Princess caper would finally enable him to have a normal life with Laura. Convinced that his plan to snatch the statuette couldn't fail, a buoyant Luke took Laura out for a night on the town. The romantic evening began at the Versailles room, topped off by a celebration on the docks, complete with a bottle of the bubbly and glowing candles placed atop a crate. That doesn't sound safe. Aww. That's how we're going to burn down some of the docks. That sounds romantic. <laughs> Back at Laura's apartment, Luke astounded himself by asking Laura to marry him. Yes, oh yes, she answered ecstatically. Laura placed ads in Mexican papers so she could find Scotty and get a divorce. Luke wanted to find the Ice Princess, especially after Scorpio's warning that if the statue fell into the wrong hands, it could cause cataclysmic global problems. On the night of the auction, the stakes were very high and the bidding brisk when suddenly the lights went out. When they came back on, the Ice Princess was gone, and so was Luke. A frustrated Scorpio phoned his secret accomplice and agreed with the voice on the other end who said, Luke Spencer must be silenced, and if he is found by the Cassidines. Weeks later, Luke surfaced again, telling his friends that he didn't have the Ice Princess in his possession. So who did? Scorpio desperately wanting to know and, once again, teamed up with Luke and together they pledged their allegiance to finding the Ice Princess. Unknown to anyone else, Alexander Quartermain held a clandestine meeting on her own with Tony Cassadine. Together they forged a partnership, rekindled their once-hot affair, and confirmed that the Ice Princess had inestimable value because it contained a secret formula hidden in its base. But a formula for what? Again, Alex had the answer. She had secretly worked on a noted scientist, James Duvall, on a secret formula for the manufacture of synthetic diamonds. But this was also a formula for a powerful weapon that could give the Cassadine brothers the power to hold the world hostage. What? When James Duvall discovered that his priceless formula was missing from the base of the statue, he lost his temper and bitterly attacked Alex. In retaliation, she hit him over the head with the Ice Princess killing him. After finding the formula, Alex rushed to the yacht where she was greeted by Tony and his younger brother, Victor Cassadine. At Scorpio's penthouse, Robert finally revealed to Luke and Laura his real purpose in pursuing the elusive statue. He was an agent for the World Security Bureau. Oh my! My gosh, what shocking news! <laughs> And it was imperative to locate the Ice Princess and keep it from falling into the wrong hands. Robert's fellow WSB agent O'Reilly had hit on the waterfront waiting for some indication that the Cassadine yacht would set sail. For Agent O'Reilly, an elfish elderly woman with a quick tongue and a zest for life, this was just another dangerous mission. I don't know why. <laughs> I just pictured little Edna from The Incredibles. Oh. She's my favorite. But that <laughs> is in Jack-Jack. Oh, my gosh. The first time I watched it for, like, ever, when he turns around and goes, ah! I back <laughs> up. I don't know why. Oh, my God. <laughs> We, we are recording in the evening, but no alcohol was involved no, in the reading of this. No. <laughs> it's just so funny to me, and I don't know why. Okay. <sighs> Ew, we can't use that name again. Okay, you'll see. Okay. She had been on many assignments with Robert, whom she had affectionately dubbed Sunny. Oh. Probably like 
Yeah. Sun. Sunny, but no. Like, hey, Sunny, instead of Sunny. Right. This mission was different. It would be O'Reilly's last. In a shootout on the docks, Victor Cassadine recognized O'Reilly and gunned her down. In a tearful farewell, Scorpio held his dying friend, vowing revenge on the evil Cassadines. I didn't watch any of that. Uh Uh-uh. After a poignant goodbye to Laura, Luke joined Scorpio in his plot to sneak aboard the Cassadine yacht. From a hiding place on the dock, he and Luke watched the Cassadine entourage board the massive vessel. Victor Cassadine arrived with his latest passion, Tiffany Hill, a B-movie actress. The rest of the evil ensemble included English engineer Nigel Pennysmith, General Conrad Kaluga, and his beautiful blonde girlfriend, Corinne. They made her dumb. Mm-hmm. World leader Maximilian von Stad and his wife, Noelle, were also on board to handle the distribution of the diamonds. Waiting in the underground underground command center, located under a tropical island with a mastermind of a scheme, the brilliant but diabolical Nikos Cassadine. Luke and Robert managed to stow away on the boat and quickly discovered they were not alone. Laura had found a way to sneak aboard to join them on this adventure of a lifetime. One week later, the Cassadine party arrived at the tropical island and moved into their beautiful underground accommodations. When the coast was clear, Luke, Laura, and Scorpio swam ashore and spent a miserable first night on the island. The next morning, the trio discovered that Cassadine's factory was underground, protected by an alarm system. There, Mikos Cassadine gathered his guests in his spectacular crystal room and revealed his fiendish plans to build a massive weather machine capable of producing a substance called carbonic snow, with which he could freeze the world. With a psychopathic gleam in his eye, Mikos told how he would force global leaders to yield to his will by freezing a sample city, the northern New York mecca of commerce, Port Charles. The entire world will live by my rule. I will be in supreme command, he boasted to his guests. Some were thrilled by the plan. Others, like Tiffany Hill, were repulsed. Below the island, the Cassadines plotted their deep freeze. Above ground, Luke and Laura found time to enjoy their island paradise by making passionate love in a breathtaking, beautiful oasis, complete with a flowing waterfall. Scorpio ventured out, ran into Tiffany Hill, and found instant and mutual attraction. With Tiffany's help, the trio plotted to break into the underground command center and destroy the weather-making machine before the maniacal Mikos wreaked havoc upon the world. On the island, Luke and Laura finalized plans while Scorpio, ever the thrill-seeker, secretly decided to break into the compound alone. Back in Port Charles, the temperature began to drop drastically as Mikos informed the WSB that he would not negotiate. As Mikos grew impatient, he moved up the deadline, lowering the temperature even more, Gripped by a blizzard, Port Charles was declared a disaster area. Furious that, furious that Scorpio had gone off to stop Cassadine alone, Luke and Laura entered the underground command center through an air vent leading into the factory. Stealing workers' uniforms, they made their way through the plant into the control room. Suddenly, the piercing sound of an alarm filled the air. The guards had detected the intruders. Racing through tunnels, Luke and Laura suddenly stumbled upon an ice chamber containing the frozen bodies of Max, Noel, Alex, and Tony. Okay, so we have to stop and like talk about some of the stuff that we watched. Because I feel like those past four paragraphs cut out. <clears throat> like, it sounds like it all happened in a day. Right. But it They didn't. were on that island they were for a long time. For days and time. days. And yes. Luke and Laura had tried to have some stolen moments, and they just didn't happen. She got sick at mm-hmm. one point. Like, really, really, really sick. And Robert had asked Tiffany 
to try to figure out a way to get some medicine right for her and everything because they were going to be intimate and it wasn't happening and all i kept thinking is luke really loves her because it has been four days she was on a yacht for a week right not in not in a suite right she has now been on an island sleeping outside and as hygienic as one would imagine. They did get they, to jump they in got the to, spring and they stuff. They did get to bathe in so. the spring and stuff, but still it was, they kept saying about how hot it was and, yes. you know, they were dressed and I mean, they weren't eating really well. So right. there was a lot of struggles. That one paragraph basically took a week, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. then during all this time too, Mikos was underground. Like, he was lying. It sounds like he was very upfront about everything from no. the get-go, and he wasn't. No. He was very deceiving of everyone. Then he would decide certain people to talk to. It was never the women, and whenever they tried he to say anything, very so disrespectful. I wanted to punch him repeatedly, so many times. Because oh, what did he say? He said something about how you don't tell the woman until it's the last minute because it's too late for them to say no. And it wasn't about anything sexual. It was about like the plan or whatever. Right. He's like, cause they don't need to. And Tiffany wanted to be part, uh, Alexandria wanted to be part of the meeting. And he was like, uh, no. Right. Right. And he had started showing them what it could do before he took it back into the plant. Cause he had a tower of champagne and then that yes. froze. And when they were still on the island, they could feel the cold temperature and they were like freezing up there because it wasn't yes, warm well, enough. Because the women were allowed to go sunbathe as long as they had their escort with them. Right. So that was missing from there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it had definitely been a hot tropical whatever. And then partway through, all of a sudden it was freezing from below. And that was how they kind of realized yeah it's definitely everything is happening in the factory downstairs we just don't know how to get into it and you see tiffany and victor you know mm-hmm. being a couple right and everything and part of who was it noel and max noel alex and tony so noel and max victor said he sent them away yeah because they had been in their bedroom talking about how yeah, I'm not I, like I'm not getting a good vibe here. You know, yeah. this right. It might be time for us to leave. Not feeling so good like, about this. Hmm. And then Alex and Tony were like, "Well, what's behind that door?" Yes. And they went in, and they froze. And Mikos actually started crying. I mean, and actually had like a really, really, I don't want right. to say touching scene, but he definitely was devastated. Right. That he had said. Like from the beginning, that one door was off limits. And whenever he did allow them into the control center, he was like, don't get any ideas and go behind that door or that door because you might end up in the dust room. And they were like, what are you talking about? And he was like, that room there, it's just really awful. And they were all like, oh, no, we wouldn't want to go in there. So yeah. they had not forewarning of what was going to happen, but they were already told like, this is bad. Don't right. be here. And that champagne thing also, because what did he, he had turned something into ice as he was explaining like how the technology worked and everything. Right. And I think it was Alexandria kept saying like, but that's going to kill things. That's going to kill things. Right. How do you reverse it? That was what she kept asking. How do you reverse it? And that was what finally led them into like the control center. Yep. Cause he was, then he showed them in a little container. Like it looked like a magic button on the desk. He was like, well, that is more particles of the diamond. And she's like, great. But how do you use that to stop this? Right. I understand you're going to use the same product in a different way, but tell me how. Right. 
and like one of the plants died and he's like, Oh no, no, it didn't touch. It just didn't whatever, you know? Right. And she's like, mm, no, right. no, it, it was sitting right here and pretty sure the, you know, yeah, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing is, is what okay. killed it. And so how is that not going to happen? Cause he's saying about how he's going to stop world hunger, how all the, like the world's economy is going to thrive because he's going to be able to produce rain in the desert and stuff. Right. Like. And meanwhile, I mean, everyone's like, yeah, that stuff. Yes, there are droughts, there are floods, you know, there right. are the extremes of all weather, but it's also nature's balance. Exactly. Like it all, it the all world has, has lasted exist. until now. We don't need you to handle it. Yeah. But I like Mikos. Like, he's a good villain. He's the good he's, villain. He's, yes. He was entertaining to watch. Yes. And just his facial expressions. You yes. could just look at him and be like, oh, he's so creepy. Yeah. He's evil. I yes. don't like him. Continue. I'm sorry. I That's just, okay. No, I you're was right. Like, like, I was waiting for it to go back kind of like yeah and i'm like you're no no, no. Your... that was that was like the end of part three yeah so that was six hours in is when we <laughs> when they walked into the right. um ice chamber yes yeah okay so the ice chamber was containing the bodies of max noel alex and tony at the moment of horror they were captured and taken into custody once inside the control room luke and laura were brought before mikos and reunited with scorpio whom the guards had cap captured earlier Thinking quickly, Luke pretended to side with Mikos, promising him that he would convince the WSB to capulate. But during a radio transmission, Luke began to reveal their whereabouts, prompting Mikos to turn off the radio. But not before Luke uttered a clue. We're somewhere off the coast of Ven. Yep. And then dead air. But he had been giving clues like, because th they were asking, oh, the guy in Port Charles' name was Valentine. What? Valentine. Valentine. It was Valentine. Oh, okay. But still... It's still the same. Yeah. Right. And, right. But anyway. But Luke was giving these clues and he's like, my name's Luke Spencer. I live at XYZ. You know, the second door, like if you don't turn it right, it doesn't lock or something like that. And he was dropping clues about something about like the person downstairs. Right. And they're like, that's Laura. So she's with him. Yeah. So... He's very clever. And that's what, yeah, but Mikos picked up on it. So well, Mikos is supposed to be very smart. You have to at least give him that. Yeah. So Mikos exploded in anger and lunged at Luke. A vicious scuffle followed as Mikos attempted to hurl Luke into the ice chamber. Mm -hmm. But in a bizarre twist, Mikos fell into the deadly chamber and was instantaneously frozen to death. No, he wasn't. <laughs> That was actually a really good scene because they showed him like clawing at the window and everything and Luke's staring and he's like, I need to, Luke actually tried to save him. Luke tried to open the door. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch that part. <laughs> okay. So Luke tried to save him. <laughs> Luke okay. actually tried to open the door. He was, so like he had been pushed like kind of towards the back. Yeah. And by the time he looked up and saw that Mikos was in there, but he was kind of like, he did not instantaneously, instantaneously die. freeze. All right. No. And Luke tried to open the door and couldn't get to it. And then oh, it couldn't does. get it. It's a, okay, so their sentences didn't make sense here. As much as I want another book, the sentence doesn't make sense. Okay. It says, was instantaneously frozen to death. And yeah. then the next paragraph says, Luke tried desperately to release the lever okay. controlling. Oh, no. Okay. No, no, no. Controlling no, the weather. Okay. Yeah. I did see that. This is my, are they going to get into it yet? Maybe not. Okay. My, I'm, I think. Where are you? I think it's funny how the whole thing just magically ended when it did. But okay. So Luke tried. Desperately to release the lever controlling the weather that Mikos had programmed into the lock position. After several unsuccessful attempts to decode the computer, he entered the words, 
ice princess and the weather machine shut down. This made me, this is what I was talking about. This made me think of whenever they say most people use the word password as their password mm-hmm. and you shouldn't do that. Like, come on, we couldn't think of something a little more clever than ice princess as your yeah. password. Yeah. What the heck? But okay. The freeze was off. The courageous efforts of Luke, Laura, and Scorpio saved Port Charles and the entire world from disaster. It was time to go home to plan a wedding. So, yeah, then it goes on to the rest of their planning the wedding and stuff. The Ice Princess was solved. So there was a little write-up in General Hospital fandom about the underground bunker. It was owned by the Cassadine family on Cassadine Island. The history, it's laden with labyrinth mazes and caverns hidden by a lush tropical exterior that is comparable to a paradise on Cassadine Island. The underground was meant as a sanctuary for the chosen elite few that Cassadine, the Cassadine patriarch Mikos Cassadine deemed worthy for the world after it was frozen over. Oh, yeah. The island's inner sanctum was hidden in the tropical jungle with separate analog passcode switches. Oh, and that was the other... Oh, like, Victor's not even mentioned in here. Victor was a huge part of all this. We'll get into that in one second. The entrance to one of them was the code 1023, the anniversary of Mikos and his wife, Helena. Oh. So he did have a little heart. One of his passwords was his anniversary. Or he just made it that so he wouldn't forget it because he reused it over and over and over again to open up the door. So at least then he wouldn't forget. During the summer of 1981, Mikos and his brothers, Victor and Tony Cassadine, stole a priceless gem, the Ice Princess. The weather controlling machine, cryogenic chambers, dining hall, guest quarters, and other tunnels were only a part of what could be found underneath the island. So Victor was really actually heavily involved in this storyline, and he didn't believe that Mikos was doing all of this. Right. And Tiffany was like, no, seriously. Let me tell you what he said. Here. Like, <laughs> like, there's some bad stuff going on. Have you seen it? Have you seen what's behind the door? And Victor actually didn't seem like a bad guy. Right. So I, cause I have to always look into things. Uh huh. His accent wasn't too, too far off from Charles Shaughnessy. Hmm. So we're kind of giving him a lot of crap for something that's not too, too, too far off. And we're just mad it's not as good as uh, Max Australian <laughs> oh, was God, no. when he first came. That's all. It's a hard thing to beat. But what do you think? How do you feel? I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. It felt like, I mean, obviously, there was all the stuff in between that didn't pertain to this. I thought this was going to take see, a lot longer to talk about. Yeah, it moved. I think that that's the whole point is that it had a beginning, middle, and end. And so you moved mm-hmm. through it swiftly because that was how it went. Yeah. So, and it brought us Tiffany and Robert. So how could you not like the storyline? Because I like I both of them. And I didn't know that because I thought when they met on the island, I thought they had met before. Oh, huh. And. It gave us Luke and Robert's friendship. Right. Yay. I mean, yay. I really, really, really enjoyed it. You I have- wonder if that was the first mention of the WSB. Probably. Hmm. Probably. Wow. They were much more on top of things back in 1981. But I mean, this was a beautiful write-up. Yeah. That was, it was a lot better than what. There, it, there is still a lot missing from what we watched. Right. So. But it would have taken hundred right. pages. So just do yourself a favor. I mean, it's definitely, you're not going to be lost if hmm. you don't. Do it all. We did not do it all in one sitting. No, I didn't do it. In fact, when I went to like, like I started it a couple weeks ago because I was like, yay, I'm going to be proactive and get this done. And then I lost it for a couple weeks. Whenever I went back, I was like, oh, wait, I already watched this. And I just like talked myself through it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the same thing with later, whenever it happens again with Lulu, I was like, oh, yeah, I watched this. I saw this. Mm-hmm. I remember this. So speaking of that, we are going to do the Ice Princess Part 2 next week. 
Yes. Yay. So if there is something that was left out of the book that we didn't touch on from having watched it, you know, because I mean, there still was definitely, obviously, there were things that they would start talking about and we're like, we didn't see that. Right. So there were things. But please share your input, your memories of the Ice Princess. Yes. Was it as good as we think it was? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So, like, that's the only real storyline that Miko's had then. Mm hmm. Because he came, like, he came a few months prior, but, but then he was locked in the ice chamber. What else right. do you want him to do? And that, yeah. I don't know. I liked it. Boom. There you go. Yeah. So, probably more happened this week on the show with the Ice Princess, I would imagine. Yeah. We'll catch up on that when we start part two. Yep. And join us on Monday as we recap this week's shows. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Pier 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect. So if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at pier54podcast at gmail.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.